Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray for a second. Father, we, we ask you, Lord, that you will minister life to us this morning. Thank you for what you've already done. And we, we posture our hearts now, Lord, to receive your word into our lives. In Jesus' name. Please be seated. Let's just thank God for our worship team today. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. Sorry I forgot to mention youth, that you're staying in. I should have told you that 10 minutes ago, so I apologise to that. Well, it's my privilege to introduce, come a bit closer, Steve, to, to introduce uh, Pastor Steve Ball and his wife, Helen. And uh, we, we had a privilege of being at Bible College together. Was it 30 years now? Almost. Wow. Almost. You don't look it, you don't look a bit older, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, it was amazing. But Steve Steve will tell you a bit more about himself. But I want to tell you that Steve passed the church in Cardiff. We had the privilege of ministering there and it was an amazing church. And and then Steve now is the regional leader of the southern region. So he has a big responsibility. And uh, I, I want to say, have you ever met like Christians that are, are really nice people? Have you ever met any Christians that's nice? <laughs> Yeah, two of us. Um, well, Steve and Helen are those kind of people. They love Jesus. They are genuine people and we love them dearly. So I'd love you to give them a massive Northampton welcome and welcome Steve as he brings the word of God to us today. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, James. mute, is it? How am I doing? Oh, sorry. Should we start again? Shall I kind of do the entry? Hey, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I feel like a stand-up comedian now. But um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Just a little glitch. I was here earlier for rehearsals, but obviously it didn't work. Uh, but anyway, just saying, just in case you didn't hear it at the back, uh, Helen and my wife and I are here in Northampton for the very first time. And we're liking what we've seen, and it's a privilege for us to be uh, here with uh, Jason and Linda today as well, and to see what God's doing among you. And he's doing some good things, isn't he? And uh, we just look forward to getting to know some of you uh, later on today and just... Uh, enjoying ourselves here. If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Psalm 1? Perhaps for some of us, quite a familiar passage of Scripture. Psalm 1, almost in the middle of the Bible there. If you open up your Bible, you'll come across Psalm 1. And let me read it to you. It says this, Blessed or happy is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. You notice there, he's not somebody who walks, who stands or sits in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. 
Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. That's encouraging, isn't it? So right now, we've been encouraged through our worship this morning. God's watching over you right now. And even though it is really uncertain times, he is watching over you today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and into the future. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let me just finally just reiterate verses two and three again, because that's really what I want to focus our time on this morning. But so... Let's just start at one anyway. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible, the first five uh, books of the Bible, effectively. That's the law of the Lord. And who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I know you've been doing a sermon series on flourishing, and I think we have an example there of a person and how God wants us to flourish in life. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But by way of introduction this morning, I want to ask you to imagine that a top chef One of those chefs you'll see on TV or a top Michelin chef has offered to prepare for you free of charge a meal of your choice. Okay, imagine that just for a minute. If anybody enjoy food? Yeah, a few of us here, uh, honest to admit, we enjoy food. You can see that from my, um, my waistline, that I enjoy food. Well, imagine your favorite chef or a top chef says to you, hey, look, I will make you your favorite food. Tell me whatever you want, and I will make that food for you. I want to imagine, what would you ask them to make? Just think about it for a moment. It can be, you know, you can have all three courses or five courses, but one, one dish Would you want them? Maybe it's a savory dish. Maybe it's something sweet. I wonder what you would ask them to cook you and to make you. Anybody got any ideas? Shout out nice and loud. What would you ask them to do? One or two people just to get the juices. Sea bass, did you say? Sea bass. Anybody else in for the sea bass? No, I'm probably not going to join you, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And a very healthy option depending, of course, on what comes with the sea bass. But uh, yeah, anybody else? Anybody else got a kind of steak, somebody said? Seafood? And somebody also said steak, didn't they? I think, I, well, maybe it's just me hearing that. <laughs> and one more, I see we're getting into it. Yes, the little girl there. Oh, a roast dinner. Would you have a particular favourite roast dinner? Chicken or beef or vegetarian? Chicken. That's a nice choice. And of course, we could also have the um, vegetarian sort of nut roast, couldn't we as well? Just don't want to offend anybody in the room this morning. Okay, so go with me a little bit. The little girl there as well, if you can go with me. What I'm going to do is imagine that now you've been served that. You've said grace. Because obviously we always say that, thank you to God before we eat. And now we are going to, and go with me, um, we're going to imagine just cutting it, or if it's a dessert, taking a spoonful and 
putting it into your mouth right now. Can we do that? Just imagine, you, don't, you can play it out if you want to. There is a purpose behind this, I promise. Um, but, but just for a moment, just imagine you've got the sea bass. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to give it a go because we're going to enjoy this together. And, and I've, I've got it in front of me. It looks amazing. It's beautifully presented. And a knife and fork and all the uh, accompaniments. And we're just going to cut it and... Yeah, just let it go around, whatever you're, maybe you're not in the sea bass, maybe you're with the, the chicken roast dinner, and we're going to just, mm, can we taste it now? Is it tasting good, the chicken? Oh, good. Mm, lovely, and roast potato. Lovely, and just let it swirl around your mouth a bit. Don't rush it, this is not, a, this is not something we're rushing, okay? This is not a prize for the person who finishes first. This is savouring food. Oh, got it? Taste it? Maybe it's just about now, it's beginning to sort of be digested, began to disappear and you're just about to swallow it and mm, there it goes. Did that taste nice to the little girl there? Did you enjoy that? Oh, brilliant. She enjoyed it. How was the sea bass? Beautiful. It was amazing. And you know the best thing about that? There were no calories. <laughs> For some of us, that's amazing. Anyway, why am I talking? What's the point you're asking this morning? My point is this. If you can learn how to eat slowly and to savour food, then you can learn how to meditate on God's Word. Like it said to us there in verses 2 and 3, but his delight or her delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law, that's God's law, and it's not just the first five books of the Old Testament. We've got the whole, the whole library now in God's Word that if we do that, if we can meditate upon that, that we will be like a tree planted by the side of a river. Who thinks that's a great place to, have a, to be a tree and planted by a river? Absolutely. Why? Because it's never going to lose water, is it? Unless, of course, the river dries up, but that's quite unusual in this country. If you are a tree located next to a river, then you're never going to have to worry whether it rains or not because there's a constant flow of resources flowing through that river. You're going to be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Look around you right now. There's plenty of leaves on trees beginning to wither. And they look amazing. They look beautiful in their own way, but they are dying. This passage tells us that there is a way to live where we can constantly flourish. It doesn't mean to say that we're constantly being fruitful. Notice there are seasons of fruitfulness in our lives. Times when maybe we see God's hand upon us. Seasons in churches where maybe there's an influx of salvation and loads of people becoming Christians. We believe in healthy churches that that should be happening regularly. I'm sure it is here. But sometimes it's just a wave. It's almost like a season of that or a season of something else. But my Bible tells me that if I can learn how to meditate, then I can be assured that whatever the circumstances of life are, I can and you can flourish. Is that good news? Because I think right now there's a great time for us Christians to shine. You know what? The darker it gets, the more desperate it gets out in society, the more brightly we can shine because we're not dependent upon the government or this or that or the other. We are people that are planted by the river whose roots go deep down into God's 
and we are able to draw what we need every day. We've got enough hope to go around. Why? Because there's a river of hope. And even today, there's a river of hope. There's a river of healing here in this place. And I would say to you, before you go today, don't go out. If you're feeling a bit down or discouraged or hopeless about a situation, get some people to pray with you. Ask a few people. There's no harm in that. There's no embarrassment in that. We all go through difficult seasons, but don't go the way that you, uh, don't go out the way you came in because there's hope flowing today. There's encouragement flowing today. There's life flowing today. And when we encounter that through the power of God and when other people can pray with us, they're not, it's not they're carrying something, but they're going to help us encounter God together and, and to draw. So you get that. So what I want us to do today is, is just to look quite simply, actually, about how to meditate. How are we going to do that? Because I think sometimes we can read stuff in the Bible, we can even memorise it, but nobody's actually told us, how do we do some meditation? Have we got to sit on the floor and cross our legs? And is that how we do it? I'm even struggling to do that, aren't I? Like, anyway, you know, do we do this sort of stuff and clear our mind? Is that what we're... Because that's really popular, isn't it, at the moment? I reckon there was a few places we could go in Northampton today or this week and we could be encouraged and we're being told it's really good for us how that we begin to, to empty perhaps our mind of different things or focus on our breathing and focus on who we are and, and watch our thoughts and see them pass by like little clouds. And, and that's good for us. And maybe we're, we're hearing our heart rate decrease and all the other stuff that I don't really know what I'm talking about at the moment, uh, as you can tell. But all of that stuff, I want to say that's not what we're talking about here. What we are talking about, not emptying your mind, but filling it with God's Word of spending enough time in the presence of God that he's able to speak to us. That we are not going to come, although it's a good discipline to read the word every morning, but we're not going to do it as we catch the bus, okay? And we're going to go, God, please now speak. Well, actually, actually we're going to say and devote times where we can meditate, where we can dwell, where we can focus on his word. And there's a big difference, isn't there, between the two? Anybody like me, I, I often try to say, read the Bible in a year. And, you know, I start off in January because usually it's in January. I go, yeah, I'm going to do it this year. And I start off really well, but, but there does come a point in certain parts of the Bible where I'm going, oh, this is really difficult. And I begin to drop behind. And then I'm, I'm trying to speed read like loads of stuff. And, and, you know, you can almost ask me sometimes, I'm being honest with you now. Hey, Steve, what did you read this morning? Well, like, I know I read a chapter or I might have read a bit more, but... I can't really, there's nothing wrong. I'm not trying to say let's not read the Bible. It's a good practice. But there's also an extra practice that we can do where we allow the Bible to sink deeply. A bit like when we were eating our food, when mum and dad told you, don't rush it. And you just kind of gobble it down so quickly, you don't even remember what you've eaten. There's something to be said about savouring something so that's what we're going to do this morning. And we're going to do this. Why? I'm going to encourage you to, because I want you to go away and practice this if you don't already do it. Because I realise in a group this size this morning that, that there's people, hey, look, you know this already. You're already doing this. But um, maybe there's some others who are going, I'd like to do it, but I don't really know. So would you help me? So I'm going to try and do both things this morning. Encourage those who are already doing it. Hey, come on, let's do it some more. Why? Because I think God's got some stuff to say to us in this word, that God has got an amazing meal prepared for you. 
in his word. And he's got life for you and he's got something unique to say to you today or this coming week as you will spend time with him. So today, the measure of this will not be, hey, did God speak to me this morning? The measure will be, hey, did God speak to me this week when I began to do some of these things and listen and stay tuned and chew upon God's word. Okay, so can we get going? Yes, they say, get on with it. Okay, so the title is under your subject, Flourish. Flourish by meditating on God's word, the Bible. That's the title. How are we gonna do that? Well, I've already said that we're not just talking about daily reading, although we do need to develop a discipline of daily time spent in God's word. And that sounds easy, but in the everyday life, it's not so easy, is it? Because there always seems to be something else carrying our attention. And if we're not too careful, that Bible remains on the shelf or remains on the bedside table or your phone app remains unactivated. And we had intentions, but we never got round to it. There is a practice of daily reading, but there is also something beyond that, which is about meditation. So therefore, what do I do? So when I come to a passage of scripture, and maybe I've got a chapter to read that day or a few chapters as I try and read the Bible in a year, I'm going, God, I can't take all of this in. It's too much. And I'm loving it because I'm getting the picture of the story, but but I can't take it all in. Um, Would you highlight something to me as I read? I'm sure you do this too. But before I start reading the Bible, I go, God, thank you for your living word to me today. Thank you that I'm engaging with your, your story, with your love letter to me. Would you call something to stand out? Would you just highlight a verse? Would you highlight it with your yellow pen as we go through? And I'll know that that's something I need to pause at later. And so that's what I do. And I don't know what's gonna happen. Sometimes I find it's the most familiar parts of the Bible you know, the bits that we all know and God just highlights that. Other times it's an obscure thing that I've not noticed before. But as I'm reading, I finish the reading, but as I'm reading, I recognise there's something I was drawn to in that passage, in that verse. And I tend to hone into that. Does that make sense? Because how else are we going to decide it? We don't want to pay, you know, Bible bingo and just pick a picture, a passage, do. We want to kind of say, sensitive, hey, Holy Spirit, if we ask him, he'll teach us. So what do you want to say to me today? And I, So therefore, uh, a verse might come up. So maybe in my readings, I'm looking at somewhere like Proverbs and I'm reading chapter four. And as I read, it's a familiar part of Proverbs four, verse 23. And my, my mind and my thoughts are, are just highlighted as if God has highlighted that passage for me. And I find him speaking to me and it says this, above all else, guard Your heart, for everything you do, flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so I've got a little bit of time now. It's not got ages, it's not going to be hours. You you know, the more time, the better. But but at that point, I'm just going to begin to do five things. And I want to teach those to you today. I'm going to do five things that will help us begin to meditate upon that that word and that passage that the Holy Spirit's highlighted. And they are these. Number one, we're going to read it. Number two, we're going to speak it. Number three, we're going to write it. Number four, we're going to pray it. And number five, we're going to live it. 
Okay, we'll unpack each of those very quickly this morning. And then we'll look a bit more at the benefits of Bible meditation. So number one, we've got to read it. And so that's God. I've read it once and God's highlighted this passage. But now I'm going to go back and I'm going to read it again. And if I've got time, I'm going to read it again. And if I've got time, I'm going to read it again. And I'm just going to savour it. Maybe going back to our food thing, our roast chicken, we're going to not swallow it down quickly. We're going to savour it. We're going to let it chew. Let the flavours come out. Let us enjoy that moment. And we're just going to begin to pause and reflect on what it means. Sometimes I find it helpful if you've got different versions of the Bible. And nowadays it's dead easy on your phone app, isn't it? On the Bible app, if many of you got that, if you haven't, get it. Because that just enables you to change between different translations really quickly. And you can just begin to read in other translations. And what I'm doing there is I'm allowing something to come out, something that I've not seen before to be highlighted. So I start reading maybe by the NIV version, the New International, which I've read this morning. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And I just chew that over. And then maybe I've got the opportunity to look in another version. The New King James Version says this, keep your heart with all diligence. Wow, that's an interesting word, diligence. Steve, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. I'm going, wow, this is quite important. What are you trying to say to me here, God? And I'm not going away trying to study it and looking at Bible commentaries. I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to let the truth of this sink into my heart. The New Living Translation would say, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow, guard your heart above all else. I like words, and above all else. You mean God above everything else? That's quite serious, isn't it? Above everything else. Imagine, you know, you telling your child before they go to school, above everything else today, hey, Johnny, don't forget this. You're trying to emphasise, aren't you? Look, you know, you might be able to get away with forgetting some other things, but don't forget that. Above all else, remember, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So number one, we read it. Number two, we speak it. Now this, for some of us, might feel a bit awkward because we're going, really, God? Like, I mean, clearly you might struggle to do this in a loud way on the bus, so we're probably trying to create a quiet place for yourself. It doesn't need to be indoors, it can be outdoors. But a place where you can go and you can speak out and nobody thinks you're being uh, more weird than you usually are. Uh, and so we're going to speak it. And, and, and so that's what I do. So I take a version, maybe the New International Version, and I start to speak it. And you remember when God spoke creation into being, there's power in the spoken word. When we speak it out, like we've been doing in some of our songs this morning, there's power when we speak it out. You know, we get to listen to it and that's powerful too. But you know what? I believe sometimes the enemy and all of the demonic spirits, they hear it too and they tremble when we as Christians speak the word of God in faith. And so we speak it. We speak it out. And what I do sometimes, rather than just speak it out, I might emphasise different parts of it. It's about repetition. So I might say the first part, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows 
from it above all else. I'm emphasising that. I'm thinking on that above all else. And we talked about that already. Then the next part, above all else, guard your heart. Wow. For everything you do flows from it. You only guard something that's precious, don't you? If it's not very precious, you're not too bothered about it. You might be casual with it, but you guard something that's precious. You guard something that means a lot to you, either in value or because it's got special memories, you guard it. The Bible's going, your heart is really special. It's really, really precious. In fact, it's probably the most precious thing you have is your heart, your inner being. We're not talking about the organ that's pumping blood around your body. We're talking about your ability to connect with God. It's the thing that makes you you. It's that spirit that's going to live on for eternity. It's that that God's going, hey, look, there's a battle for your heart and the enemy of our souls. And this world wants to take away our heart and our affections. It wants to put them onto other things. And there's a battle for your heart. And the Bible say, hey, guard your heart. Also guard your heart because it's Well, we'll go on to that. I'll explain that in a minute. The next thing I will do, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. Everything you do flows from the heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. There's a flow that goes from your heart. There is something that's happening in you that you cannot stop others being impacted by. Let me explain it this way. Um, the, the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's interesting. So you want to know the condition of your heart this morning? Listen to what you say. Um, you know, listen to what you say. And more importantly, listen to how you say it. That determines, that's the best guide you've got to your heart. Because I'll ask you this morning, how's your heart? And you go, hey, brother, my heart's good. We're all good on a Sunday morning. You know, I put my best jacket on for Northampton. I'm all good. But actually, sometimes we can tell ourselves, and we're the first person that would notice our speech. Those closest to us also notice. But we notice, you notice sometimes, oh, I'm getting a bit hot-tempered. I seem to have lost patience. You know, why am I reacting like that when somebody says something quite interesting and I just flared up with them. What, what is wrong with that, friends, is an indication, not necessarily that you've got a temper problem, but you've got a heart problem. There's something going on in your heart right now that needs attention. And we've all got it. None of us is perfect. But how do you determine the condition of your heart and not just give yourself 10 out of 10 is to listen to what your voice is saying. So if you speak and at the moment you're going through a time and you're fearful and worried and fear is coming out of there, that's an indication that there's something not quite right in the heart. That maybe you need to receive Jesus into your heart a bit more and say, Jesus, why am I so anxious? Because as Jason said on the video, I need that peace that passes all understanding. I need some of that and and I'm going to dwell and I'm going to own it. I'm going to own my words. I'm going to own my attitudes. And I'm going to say, Lord, would you just kind of, would you go to the well of my heart? And if there's a few Coke cans in there and bottles of cider that somebody's thrown in, I I want to get rid of that because I don't want this. Number one, I don't want it for me, but actually I don't want others to be polluted because the stuff that's flowing out of my heart is not pure and clean. Is that right? Does that make sense? Am I communicating at the back there? Hello. Am I communicating that actually, because our stuff affects others. It's true, isn't it? It's true. It's true. 
This week, my, my, I, I was chatting to somebody and I, do you know, I came away from a conversation. I thought, Steve, I wish I hadn't really said that. And I had to go to God and go, I'm sorry, God. I, I didn't, I don't think I really handled that. And I regularly have to go to people and say, do you know what? I'm sorry I've said that. Because I want my heart to be pure and I'm still working it out. But I've come to understand that my words are a good indication of the condition of my heart. And I know that it's not perfect all the time and I want it to be pure and holy so that when people hear me, not just from a platform, because that's the easy bit, but from when we're mixing together, that you'll be, you know, something good will come out. There's something pure will come out. There's something life-giving that actually it won't be like when I've had a conversation with you, I'm going, oh God, or you, you're going, oh, I, I don't know, it feels like really uncomfortable, but actually, wow, I feel revived and refreshed because we have that conversation. I feel that faith has arisen and I feel like encouraged. I feel like life, I feel there's hope. That's the kind of people we should be, not just here, but out there. And friends will stand out. So anyway, I better get moving. And like number two, that was, so we speak it. And please don't think I'm saying you've got to have like a three-hour quiet time now this week. All I'm saying is this, you can do this in a fairly shortish period of time. But just begin. I, I believe that the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And the more life there'll be in it for you. And you'll begin to encounter God in a fresh way because this is a living word. This is God's word to you. And he can speak to you personally. So number three, we write it. We begin to write it. So I write the, the text down. And then I just begin. I don't know if any of you journal. I never journal. Journal is just kind of writing a conversation with God. And I, I was never quite sure about how to do it. Um, but I, I really enjoy it now. I wouldn't say I do it every day. I'm not, but, but when I do do it, I really enjoy it. And let me just give you an extract. So when I was reading this passage, I journaled on this particular passage that we're looking at, this guard your heart passage. And I said this, so I just, I've got a book. I haven't got it with me, but I just write it down. And so I said this, so I just give you an extract. Lord, I confess that I haven't guarded my heart very well. I certainly haven't guarded it above all else or with diligence, picking up on the words, remember, in the passages. I fear that my heart has become polluted in some ways and that some things have stolen my heart away at times. I find my affections going in other directions other than you. Lord, I pray today that you would search my heart. You would show me where the rubbish is because I want what flows out of me to be pure and a blessing to others. Lord, I'm sorry that I, sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I spoke to Matthew, my son, when he asked me to borrow the car for the weekend to go to London with his friends. I, this is true. I recognise that my response was harsh and unkind and I didn't listen. Please forgive me. I want to get rid of that junk out of my life. I want to do better next time. I want you to flow out of my life. I want the flow of my heart to be clean, to be pure, to be life-giving, to be full of you. More of the Spirit. I want more of your Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in my life. Lord, that's what I want to be the characteristics of my life so that others can be refreshed in what comes from my life. And I didn't write that for you. That was just me. I never realized when I was writing that that it was, I was going to be sharing it publicly. But I do it as an indication of how we can do this. 
And you might think, well, I don't have anything to say. Let me tell you, you start to write and God will begin to help you. And you notice already it's becoming like a prayer. And the next one is not just writing it, but it's praying it. And you can see that I'm really praying, aren't I? It's a written prayer there where I'm saying sorry for things, where I'm checking my heart. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit. I'm allowing the Word of God to, to I don't know, to recalibrate my heart and my life. I'm saying, actually, God, your standard is not my standard, and I need to recalibrate. And as I do that, the only way to do it is to pray about it. And so I'm just letting it roll. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I would really encourage you to do this. It's good for you. And I tell you what, as you do it, you will find yourself, your heart becoming alive. You'll know that God's beginning to speak to you. He's beginning to show you. You know, nobody's teaching you. You're not reading this in another, from anybody else's experience, but you are beginning to hear God speak for yourself. And that is precious. That's why we write it down. Why? Because then you can go back to it and you can maybe see how God has dealt with you, how he helped you. It becomes a kind of record. It's almost like a photo album of God's, and we don't have those anymore, do we? But looking back on your phone and looking back over the years, you can see different photos remind you of different events. I think that's what your journal can become. It doesn't have to be a written one. I'm just old fashioned. It can be, you know, on your iPad somewhere or on your phone, but you just record it and you could easily scroll back and go, wow, yeah, I remember how God spoke to me in that way. How that scripture, maybe you want to mark your Bible and make some notes and it becomes a beautiful thing, a great value. This is God, I felt God speaking to me, highlighting that. So when we talk about God speaking to us, we're not just, he's going to speak audibly, he can do that. But more often than not, with most people, God speaks through the Bible. So you might say, well, I don't really hear God. Well, let me encourage you. Dig into the Bible, open yourself up, spend a bit of time, don't rush, and he'll begin to speak to you. He will. And if he doesn't, write to me. And, you know, genuinely, and we'll see what we can do. And if it's really complicated, write to Jason and he'll help you. But, but you know, but you hear what I'm saying? He will do it. He will because he speaks through his word. It's living, it's active. The problem is, we're, and me including, we're not spending as much time reading it as we should. And therefore we're missing out. Final one, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about reading it. We've talked about speaking it. We've talked about writing it. We've talked about praying it. Have we talked about praying it? Well, we kind of did. Praying it, let me just, we just begin to pray it. Let me give you some great advice. If you wake up in the morning and go, God, I'm, I'm going to spend tomorrow morning before I catch the bus to work, I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to pray. And we get to the prayer. You ever get things that like, I don't really know what to pray? And you know what, little secret? Just pray the Bible. Open a psalm and start praying it and go, Lord, you know, that is a great way to start the day if you don't have much inspiration. Maybe you're feeling a bit tired and weary. So, so make it into a prayer. So a prayer very simply would be, Lord God, above all else, help me to guard my heart so that everything good and of you flows from it to others. Amen. Didn't take long, did it? Okay, the final thing is we go and live it we actually live it and we try and do it and we try and put this into practice. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 16, 
let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let, that's worth meditating on, isn't it? Let the word of God, so it's the word of God. It's like, it's the word of God. This is the word of God. And that's worth meditating on. Wow. Wow. So God has communicated with human beings like me and you, and we can know it's the word of God. Let it dwell in you richly. Well, dwell, what's that mean? Well, make a home in you. Wow. God, I want your word to find a home inside of me. I want it to be welcome. I want it actually to feel very much at home that even when I don't want to do what your word says, that I actually choose to do it knowing and believing it's the right thing to do even when part of me say, I don't want to. I don't want to be generous like Jason was saying earlier. I don't want to. That's a hard one for some of us. And maybe for me sometimes. Lord, I don't. You're more generous than me, God. But you know, what happens when we want the word of God to be at home within us, we go, okay, God, I'll do it. And actually after a while, we recognize that actually God's ways are better than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And actually he does know what he's doing and we can trust him. And even when it doesn't make sense to give, you know, when you need you know, as you see what I'm saying, when, when finances are tight, it doesn't make sense to continue tithing. But we all know, those of us who've been around the church long, that God can do more with uh, 90% of your income than you can do with 100%. Why? I don't know, because he blesses it. And he's the God of multiplication. And, you know, when we do the things that are in the word, then he, it's down to him then, isn't it? To work it out for us. So anyway, I think I made my point this morning. I could look at the benefits We've looked at two, but I won't take time to do that. But why not just look again at what it says there in uh, verses one through three, that you will, the benefit will be that he will be or she will be happy, blessed. Blessed means happy. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the person who does not walk in step with the Spirit, but meditates on the Word of God. We want to be happy. Anybody want to be happy? You're allowed to be happy. It's okay. You're blessed. Number two, they will be fruitful and prosperous. That means spiritually, but it means every area of our lives. Number three, they will be refreshed spiritually. And it's worth looking at Psalm 19, 7 through about verse 11. And you'll see a whole load of other things that meditating on the Bible does. Number one, it makes us wise. You may or may not be a wise person, but you spend time here. You get God's wisdom in your life. You're able to help others. Number two, you know, you'll, there's joy. You will be joyful. Psalm 19 verse eight. If you want some joy in your life, then meditate on the word. I could go on, but I won't. When our children were younger, my wife does most of the cooking in our house and if you had experienced my cooking, you would know why. Um, and I remember when our children were a little bit, you know, perhaps in their teenage years, and we've only now got one at home and two of them live away. Uh, one of them's married, one lives in London. And, um, and but I remember her, you know, we, we, she prepared the meal, it was on the table, and then you'd have that scene, hey, everybody, dinner's ready. You do you have that in your house? 
Or maybe you just text in the end. I think she started texting them to tell them because they were in their little cubby holes, their bedrooms, doing whatever they were doing, telling us they were doing homework, probably were. And she used to text them going, hey, dinner's ready, come and get it. And sometimes they moved quickly and sometimes they didn't. I wonder, as we close today, whether the voice of the Spirit is saying to us, as individuals and as a church, hey, hello, dinner's ready, dinner's ready, dinner's ready, dinner's ready. I've got something to say to you. Dinner's ready, it's really good. It's ready, it's ready, dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. It probably is for some of you going, yes, it is. That is not, <laughs> absolutely, I'm starving. But God's got some great stuff for you and for me. I really believe that. And you might not be a Christian here today and I haven't got time to perhaps unpack this, but get yourself on the Alpha course. Ask the questions of life because he's got some things to say to you too. He's got some real direction for you. He's got peace for you. He's got, he really loves you. That's why he came and he died on a cross to take the punishment for your sin. And why wait until the Alpha Course? Why not get right with God today? Why not just say, hey God, look, I'm sorry I've lived my life without any reference to this book. And that's okay. And God's not going, you. He's going, yeah, that's fine. Hey, let's put that right. And he died on a cross. He took the punishment to forgive for all your wrongdoing. And all we need to do right now today is to say, Lord, please forgive me. Please wash me. I believe that you died in my place. Take the punishment for my sin. And Lord, before I can really open this book and it mean anything to me, I know I have to come into relationship with the author. We want to know the author. We get to know the author. Lord, today, would you... Forgive, give me that new life, that gift of new life you promise. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you. Amen.